All right. Hello, Adams Ward podcast family. I am sitting here with Nicole Harwood, and I'm super excited for us to get to know her because she's in the primary, and so you probably don't know who she is. She is the chorister, correct? And today is August 3rd, 2023, so we're going to take a minute and get to know her. So, Nicole, tell us about where you grew up, where you went to school, and what kind of fun things you did as a child. Okay. So I was born in Salt Lake and um, lived in Ogden. My dad is a seminary teacher, and so he was a seminary teacher in Ogden, but he, he taught, um, like he had special education was his, um, like that's what he did, and so he taught the deaf and the blind and the mentally handicapped and um, taught them seminary. And so um, at, when I was five, we moved to Salem, Oregon, and he also taught in the penitentiaries there. So he would do like institute classes at the penitentiaries. So we would go as a family. I have five, I have four sisters. There's five girls in our family. And um, we would do family home evening at the prison. Wow. <laughs> He'd take his four girls into the men's penitentiary and we would go and have family home evening with, with um, the prisoners there. And um, that was quite an experience, but we've, like uh, met a lot of good people that were able to change their lives and and get out of prison and how old were you better i was five when we first started going wow yeah really cool yeah so we lived in salem oregon until my senior year and then we moved to tri-cities because dad my dad started like um, instead of having a classroom he was training people and doing stuff and he didn't like that he wanted to be in he's really good with the youth And so we wanted to be in a classroom again, so we moved to the Tri-Cities. And first of all, when we came, they said, we need somebody in Kennewick at Hanford High, High School is where he taught seminary. And when we first went to look at the Tri-Cities, we lived in this beautiful Salem, Oregon, where it's green and luscious. And <laughs> my mom is from England, where it's green and beautiful. And so they came up here <laughs> to look at the Tri-Cities, and we're like, Yeah, no, we're not moving there. That is ugly. It's so ugly <laughs> and so dry, you know. And so we went back, and and he told him, no, I don't, I don't think we'll take that that move. But then we started talking to some friends of ours that had people, like family that lived in the Tri Cities, and they started talking it up, and we prayed about it. And so my dad's like, I think this is where we're supposed to go. So we moved my senior year to Tri Cities and uh, to Kennewick, Washington. And the first day that we moved, like in Salem, Oregon, you didn't have air conditioning or anything. And so our cars didn't have air conditioning. Nothing had air conditioning. And we moved. The first day that we moved, it was 113 degrees. Oh. And none of our vehicles had air conditioning. We're like, what the heck? And we had bought a home that had a pool, but the house didn't have air conditioning because people didn't think it was healthy. And we didn't think anything of it because we didn't know the climate. And so we... We spent like the first week in our basement <laughs> until we could get the the pool ready because we were so hot. We were like spraying our animals with water on the day that we moved up there. Like as we're driving, because we're like, oh my gosh, it's so hot. <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of, that was quite a quite a surprise. So and then um, so I I went to Kamayakan my okay. senior year, and um, when I was at Kamayakan, like the change from. I was a cheerleader in um, in Salem and stuff, but I missed all of the tryouts, all the stuff, so I didn't really have anything to do. Like, I played softball and soccer, and I was a cheerleader, and then 
I moved my senior year and everything had already, there was already tryouts. Like I missed all of that. So I didn't get to do anything like that. But then our, my like classes that I took, I had way too much according to what they did to graduate. I only needed two classes to take to graduate. And so I took, um, like creative foods and like dumb classes like that my senior year. And then at the, at Battelle, which is one of the Hanford area sites, they had this program called COE continuing office education. And so I would go to two classes at high school and then I would go and work in the accounting department at, um, at Battelle. So Hmm. I, um, did that. And, um, and so then that, like they would always, like I went to Rick's for, um, for college. And whenever I would come home, they would have me work at, at, um, Battelle. Like they would just, and then they hired me on after, um, because I met Pat at Rick's. He had lived in Walla Walla, which is only 45 minutes from Kamaik, from Kennewick. And, um, I never knew him, but he had, he wasn't a member and he joined the church at WSU and wanted to be around more members and found out that all of his buddies that were his drinking buddies actually were, were LDS oh. <laughs> and they had changed their lives and they were deciding to, you know, go to Rick's. So they're like, come to Rick's with us. And so, um, he was in our, in our ward and Rick's like I was in the dorms and he was in bunkhouse, which they still have. And, um, me and my roommates decided we were going to go knock on all of the doors of bunkhouse and welcome them to the ward. And so that's how I met him as we, knocked on his door but he was the only one in this apartment when I knocked on the door and he wasn't very friendly so we're like whatever and we went to the next apartment next next to him but we didn't know that the ward split like they only had part of bunkhouse as our ward and so these other guys were like not in our ward but they became really good friends of ours and so we were always at their apartment and then one day I was walking by the window and I'm like whoa they had all come back from working out and they were had their shirts off and they looked all very handsome in there. So I'm like, Hey, <laughs> we need to, to talk to these guys again. So all of my roommates ended up dating all of Pat's roommates. And, um, but I was shy and Pat was shy. And so we didn't really get together until one time I was, I am a really fast typist. And so his roommate was really awful at it. So I told him, I'll go type your paper for you. So I went and typed his paper and my, um, my roommate that was dating this, his roommate, she's like, Pat, you don't like girls, do you? She was like a head, an air, kind of an airheady girl. And he's like, yes, I do like girls, Leslie. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, well, Nikki likes you and, um, and you don't even notice. And he's like, what? She does. And, and so she's like, yeah, you should ask her out. And he's like, I've never had to ask anybody out. Girls always ask me out. And she's like, well, she's not going to ask you out because she's too shy. So he had to be pepped on how to ask me out. So his roommate's gone and we started going out. And then he decided to go on a mission and they waited for him. And we got married six weeks after he got home. Wow. Yeah. That's an awesome story. Yeah. So while he was in uh, on his mission, his family are all not members but they're like the sweetest family. And so they kind of just took me under their wing and I would go and stay with them on the weekend. I had my own little bedroom that I would go to and I would just go and stay with them. I went to all of his brothers and sisters got married while he was on his mission. And so I went to all the weddings. I was in all of the pictures, you know, and I'm like, are you sure you want me in them? Like, what if he doesn't want to, you know, 
get marry me when we get home. And they're like, oh no, if he doesn't pick you, then you're he's out and you're in. You're part of our family. So <laughs> the pressure, yeah, the pressure, pressure to marry me. So yeah, but we, I've always had like a close relationship with his family. They've just been really, really welcoming, and they have an eclectic group of um, different religions in their family. Oh really? So, yeah, because Pat has he has four three siblings so four in his family and then his dad um, and mom were divorced and then he remarried and so they have four so there's eight all together and they have Catholic and Ekankar and Buddhist and agnostic and atheist and you know every Methodist every religion that you can imagine so adding Mormon was just one more thing although when Pat did join the church he told his Catholic grandma that he he joined the Mormon church and she dropped her pot roast and broke the, broke the dish. Cause she's like, you can't, you can't be a member of that church. <laughs> she's like, you can't do that. They, they have, if they, if they could build a wall around and they could totally be self-sustaining, like they don't even need anybody. <laughs> so she kind of had dementia when I was, when I was dating him and she would always call me that Mormon girl, oh, you know, funny. but, um, sorry, I'm a crier. I had a really sweet experience with her when I took her through the temple. So I could feel that she was happy and that she had accepted the gospel. So, Oh, how sweet. Yeah, she was a really sweet lady. Very devout. You know, she would go to church every day. So, oh, Wow. Yeah, it was really, really So cool. did you have a pot roast in her, in yeah. her favor? <laughs> In her memory. Well, it's so funny because, like, we would go to dinner at her house, and she was losing it. And so, like, the, her gravy was really lumpy, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was disgusting. And that poor lady, she's losing it. And Pat goes, what are you talking about? That's how her gravy always has been. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's her signature. Yeah. but That's no. a really sweet very, story. Yeah, she has a very sweet So you have, you have four sisters. Are you the oldest? And the second oldest. The second yeah, oldest. So I have one sister that's older. And the, Jeanette the, is in Autumn Crest Ward. We're 11 years. She's my youngest sister. Okay. We're 11 years apart. So. And are your f- parents in town? Uh-huh. I talked them into moving here because um, after the Tri-Cities, they moved to Minnesota and my dad was over, like, he taught at the University of Minnesota, an institute class there, and then he would travel all over and train uh, missionaries that were there for CES missions. So he would go visit their seminaries and uh, make sure that they were doing all that they needed to do. And that's what he was there for, like, seven years until he retired. Okay. And so when they were moving back, they had, you know, lived in the Tri-Cities, but my mom is allergic to everything in the Tri-Cities. And um, I, I had two sisters that still live in the Tri-Cities, and they were struggling a little bit and were, you know, a lot of a lot of work. So I told them, like, wouldn't it be nice just to have a buffer? Like, you could live. I'm like, you've never lived by me. And so I'm like, you could live in Spokane. You're used to a bigger city now, like after being in St. Paul, you know. And so I'm like, I don't think you would be happy to retire in Tri-Cities where you're allergic to everything and it's, it's kind of smaller. Like the, he used to joke that like the funnest thing to do in Tri-Cities is go to Costco and, <laughs> you know, they're used to going to operas and doing all that stuff. They, and so I talked them into moving here and then Jeanette and her family, they lived in Utah and it was back when, um, 
Obama had had done the um, health care, mm-hmm. Obamacare or whatever. And so the way his company took care of that was he they put everybody part-time so they didn't have to pay for health insurance. Oh, wow. So they lost their home and because he couldn't, he's an industrial designer. And so he couldn't find work anywhere and they had to short sell their home and they came and lived with my parents for a while and they've stayed here ever since. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So our, we're really close. Like I have two sisters in the Tri-Cities. Me and Jeanette are here and then one sister that lives in Eagle right by the Meridian Temple. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So how is it that you and Pat landed in Spokane? So, um, Pat, we went to Western for um, undergrad school, and um, he was actually a biology major. And he, when he was in, when we lived in Tri-Cities, when we were first married, he actually worked out in the area for a scientist, and he studied radon. Like did all these radon studies. In fact, he's he's um, published in scientific journals for his radon wow. research, and so he went to Western. He really liked the environment. Like he's a really outdoor person. My husband is, and so he loved all that. And he was doing biology, and then he decided like that he would go to law school all of a sudden. So um, he does. He's from a small town, Walla Walla, so he doesn't like big cities. So he didn't want, like, this is kind of our compromise. Spokane is big enough for me, but small enough for him. Mm, So he applied for Gonzaga, and um, we went to school here, which his mom lived here. And that ended up being a blessing because his mom um, died early when she was 63. And Mm. so we feel like being here was like a blessing for us to get to spend time, and our kids had to, you know, had good quality time with her before she died so that's great and then right after law school he had a job with the firm that he's currently in now but then they had switched partners around so they like rescinded it right before he graduated and so then we moved to Walla Walla for a little bit and he had uh, his first job was in Walla Walla and then we came back because after they got figured out then they kept on calling him we would really like you back so so you've been here in Spokane how long Oh, um, at this house, we've been here for 20 years. 20 years? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Terrific. Yeah. So. Zach six weeks before um, we moved here. Okay. Or no, six weeks after we moved here. Yeah. And is Zach your youngest? Mm -hmm. So tell us how many children you have. I have three. So Hannah is my oldest, and she's married to Jacob Forbush, and they have two little boys, Everett and Renan. They're three and two. They're 15 months apart. So they're in Rexburg, Idaho. Well, they're in Rigby. They're living in Rigby because she's she's doing nursing school at, in, at BYU-Idaho. And then Jacob is a pharmacy tech for Costco and for the hospital in Idaho Falls. And then, um, and then Ben is our middle son, and he... Um, got married and him and his wife live at the University of Utah Village in, in actually the same apartments that my mom and dad lived in when they went to the University of Utah. Wow. Yeah, isn't that funny? My dad, if you know High School Musical, he went to East High, like he lived right on 6 South, like, yeah. So, University of Utah is like a big thing for our family, like that's, my uncle is the architect of the stadium of University of Utah, mm-hmm. and like all that stuff so 
they're that's that's a big thing so they're there they're studying both of them are going into medical school that's what they want to go into so they're in the middle of finals right now for summer school and they're gonna come visit us this afternoon but they've told me that I don't get grandkids from them for 10 years because they have to do school first so how rude but I do have a grand dog his name is Oakley okay. <laughs> grand dog okay. so yeah so they have a dog and then Zach my youngest he's 20 and he's at UVU he's in their pilot program so he has his he currently has his um, private pilot license his instrument rating his commercial rating and he's working on his multi-engine right now Mm. and then after that he'll get trained as a certified flight instructor because you have to have a thousand hours of flight to go to the airlines and so that's a good way to get your hours is being a flight instructor so he's hoping that he'll get hired on at UVU and that he can um, be a certified flight instructor for them and so but it's so he'll have his bachelor's in April. Like Ben and Zach will both graduate at the same time. Because they both, all of, all three of my kids did a running start. And Hannah served her mission in the Alpine German-speaking mission, and which is the Alps' beautiful mission. And then Ben went to um, Chile. And he was, he was in, um, oh my gosh, what was it called? The South, uh, Concepcion South mm-hmm. mission. And he was there until COVID happened. So he was there for 21 months and then he was the AP at the time. So he was the one that had to go like chilly, like locked down everybody. So he literally went from city to city, getting missionaries out and taking them to the airport. So when he got here, he did not sleep for three days because he hadn't slept for three days already. Because he was the one that, like, no adults went to the airport. Like, he had to get them on all of their flights, all of their stuff. Oh, boy. And um, figure it all out for all the missionaries. And so when he got home, he literally just paced the room. Because they were in quarantine for two weeks or whatever. And so he literally just paced his room. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, he was so busy that he didn't know how to calm. Like, because he never had an exit interview. He never had, like, you know how missionaries they have like this little six-week program every no he just like you just get cut off from your mission so he it was kind of a like okay I'm back to life and I can't talk to anybody they did the whole little drive-through where people drive up and we're good (laughs) they drive up and wave to him to welcome him home (laughs) like a parade you know so and then Zach he didn't want to he did not want to serve a mission because that just freaked him out to have to be stuck in an apartment by himself with a companion and not get to go anywhere. That was during the COVID time, and he's like, yeah, no, that's not for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the whole social media thing, he's not, that's not his thing, so, mm. yeah. Very cool. So, um, Pat went to law school. Did you go to school after high school? Yeah, I went to, I just got my associates. In fact, I got, I finished it when I was pregnant with Hannah just to finish it Your so, associates, uh-huh, okay. in Bellingham and so I would tease my teacher that he made me sick my physics teacher because I would throw up after his class every time <laughs> <laughs> and like your class is literally making me sick but it was yeah. just because I had really bad morning sickness that's funny yeah so um the next question talks about your professional path so do you are you employed or are you 
tell us what yeah, you do. Yeah, I've always, like, you know, I always wanted to be home for my kids. And so, like, I worked for Battelle in the accounting department. And I'm really fast, and I, I pick up things really fast. And so they, at at those things, like, they're, it's a government, you know, thing. And so they'll have to lay people off all the time if according to funding. And so when we were heading to Western, they were having all these big layoffs. And um, so my boss pulled me in and he's like, hey, if you are willing to take one of these layoffs, because I know you're leaving anyway, but if you'll stay through our fiscal year end through October, I'll give you this layoff, which gave me like health insurance and like some money, you know, before. And so, um, and I made good money there. And so um, I'm like, yeah, I'll totally do that. And so I stayed, Pat went to school and I stayed there through the fiscal year and then moved later. And then I started looking for a job in Western at Western in Bellingham. And it's such a beautiful area over there that people go to school and that they don't want to leave. So it's really hard to find a job there. And, and they did not pay very much. And I was like so shocked because I'm like, I went and interviewed at Grizzly Industrial. It's like a woodworking, metalworking machinery and um, place, and they needed some data entry person or whatever. And so I go there and I interview, and they offer me the job, and they're like, and we'll pay you $8 an hour. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, no, I cannot live off of $8 an hour. My husband's going to school, you know. So I totally turned the job down. And then we went to Thanksgiving and everybody's like, what are you doing? Like, why did you, like, it's hard to find a job in Bellingham. And I'm just like, I don't know. I was like so in shock. Like who lives off of $8 an hour? And back then, like, that's a good amount, you know, because, but I was making like 12 something at, um, at Battelle, even way back then, which was really good. And so, um, so then the owner of Grizzly Industrial. He's from Africa and he's really um, very careful. Like his kids have all been, the people have tried to kidnap his children. So like all of the windows are bulletproof and like he just is very careful about who he likes. And um, and so he had saw, kids has um, listened to me. He was there in the interview. So he called me and he said, I want to train you to be my purchasing agent and we'll pay you like it was 10 or something, you know, like a little higher. And he's like, because then I know that you'll do what, what I ask you to do. And I'm like, okay. And so I accepted that job. And so I worked for Grizzly Industrial and, um, up until I was pregnant and then Pat had gotten uh, a job or he had gotten accepted to, to Spokane. So we're supposed to move. And so he pulls me in his office and he's like, he has all of these like properties and stuff and very wealthy man. And he's like, I, if you stay here and let your husband go to law school, then I will give you a free place to live and I will give you your own office and you can stay and, and be can continue with me while your husband goes to law school. And I was like, um, that's in Spokane. Like I, <laughs> and I'm like, do I get to have a cradle in my office too? Cause I'm having a baby, you know, like, and he's like, no, no, you, you, you know, you would have to put the baby in childcare or whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I said, but if you ever want me to work from my home, you just call me and I, you know, I will be happy to do that. So I moved to, to Spokane with Pat, had Hannah, I had Hannah five days before we moved to Spokane <laughs> was not a good experience. And I was super sick. So my mom had to take me 
to Tri-Cities where she lived and Pat started law school. And then when Mm -hmm. I was healthy again, then I was able to go back. And, um, and I like babysat kids in my home and like try to do stuff to, because you can't work when you're in law school. And so, and we didn't know that we would have qualified for any, you know, like we didn't know about any food stamps or anything like that. We did WIC, which was helpful, but like we didn't know that we qualified for anything. So I was like trying to like babysit people's kids and do stuff. And I didn't like it because it kind of took away time from my own kids Mm -hmm. or from Hannah. Hannah was a really, really hard baby. And, um, and so Shiraz, the owner of, grizzly he called me up and he's like okay we're gonna put our catalog on the internet and we want you to be our webmaster that put puts all of the stuff on our on the internet for us and so they flew me back to bellingham got me all trained on it and then got me all set up so i worked out of my home at night and put all of their stuff on the internet for them for their catalog and and then I also was in their magazines as their friendly operator. I was like the, the model for their friendly for years. Like I was in there for like maybe 10 years after I did not even work for them anymore. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. it was really funny to look at their catalogs and I'm like, oh, st- there I am still in the, in the thing. So, so I did that. And then when we moved to, um, like even when we moved to Walla Walla, they moved with me and it, it worked. And wow. back then it was called DSL to be able to do that. But when we moved to this house, they didn't have it here. Mm-hmm. They didn't have high-speed internet. And so I had to quit my job because I there wasn't a way for me to, to do it here in this home. And, and so I quit my job, and then um, I ended up summarizing medical records for Pat's office so out of my home. So I always kind of just worked and did things around my kids. I, my timesheet was horrible because I'd like okay my kids need this you know like and I in out in out in out and then <laughs> and so I I do not like working everybody's like oh I love working from home I'm like no because I'm like I'm not this is the company's time and if my kids need me to do something then I'm I'm checking myself out and then I'll take care of them so it was like I felt like I was working all the time you know because wow. in and out and when they're sleeping I would just work all the time and so um then I always volunteered at Sunrise, and so then they're like, hey, why don't you just work here as one of a, a SA? Um, and so I did that for a little bit, and then I applied for a job at the Early Learning Center to for a secretarial job. They just needed a three-hour position, and it was because the two secretaries couldn't get along, and, like, they didn't want to sit at each other's desk because one was supposed to, like, relieve the other lady for lunch, and oh. so... Like it, my interview was really weird because they're like, "How how possessive of you are you of your workspace and all this stuff?" And I'm just like, "That is a weird question." I'm like, "I will work anywhere that you want me to work. Like it's totally fine, you know." And so, um, I got hired on, and then they're like, "Wait a minute, the lady that was doing like the job that sh- the lady before me was doing, literally took me 15 minutes to do." I'm like, "I need more work." <laughs> <laughs> this does not take three hours. And they're like, wow. yeah, she was exercising. Cause it was like, it used to be like early in the morning, like a sub, like getting all the subs and everything done. But I guess she would just run up and down the stairs and exercise for her work instead of um, working. And, and so when they found out that I actually could do work, they just started adding more and more. And as we grew, my hours grew. And um, so now, now I work seven hours and I'm going to start working eight. So, cause now wow. we've, we've added 
when I first started, we had 150 slots and now we have 503. Wow. Yeah. So we really, I've worked with them. I've worked, um, over 10 years there and we've really grown. And now we have this year, we'll have four classrooms in the, um, elementaries as well. That's great. Yeah. So we'll have 26 classrooms. All Good. Together. So you're working full time. And yeah. Yep. And get to be grandma sometimes. Yeah. Or? I get to be grandma and get my summers off. That's where I've been all summer is Hannah. Um, since she was in school, I went and grabbed her boys and brought them back here and then took them back while she was doing finals. So we had fun. fun. Yeah. Fun, fun. Yeah. Well, let's talk about um, some turning points in your life. Um, what are a couple of decisions that have dramatically impacted the course of your life? Um, well, going to Rick's was a big decision because that's where I met Pat. Was, I, we always laugh about that, but I had to go all the way to Idaho to meet him when we lived 45 minutes apart. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but you're always directed. And then um, choosing to wait for him when, when he was on his mission, that was a huge thing. It seems very traumatic when you are going through it, but then we're like, really, that wasn't... <laughs> You know, when you grow up a little bit, it's like, okay, that wasn't that big of a deal. But when you're going through it, it seems like it is. But it worked for you. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Because sometimes it doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. That's terrific. <laughs> and I feel like choosing to be home with my kids too, like, because I could have, you know, Shiraz would have had me, I could have been a professional person, but mm -hmm. I chose my family over that. And, and um, I feel like I have a really good relationship with my kids because of that so that's great that's okay that's a dog jumping on the window yeah, in the my back dog Stoker. <laughs> <laughs> sorry so here's here's the next question how did you gain a testimony of the gospel of jesus christ well okay. i've always like there's not like one moment that i've always you know like well this is my i've all of a sudden gained it because i always have um i think that's like a gift you know um all the gifts I've said, the gift to believe. I've always had that gift to believe. And so, um, but I've had two, like, well, several instances, but two big, in, um, sorry, I'm crying. Two big instances in my life to where it was Heavenly Father telling me, like, I know you, you know? So one of them was when I was dating, dating Pat. I went to his family's from Troy, Montana, and his grandparents were having, I think his grandma was having her 80th birthday or something like that. And so um, I was at Rick's and we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have any of those things, you know, back, right. in, back in the day. And so, um, and my, my parents were pretty strict. And so uh, I just called my mom and I'm like, I'm, I'm going with my boyfriend to see his family who are not members to um, Bonners Ferry, Idaho, you know, I'm like going to travel with him and I'll let you know when I get back. <laughs> so I like travel with him and I was really sick. It was during the winter and it was super cold and I had this really bad cold and we're driving back in his car, like from here to Rexburg, you know, the, the, there's not very many cities and his car kept on like losing gas and mm -hmm. there was something wrong with the engine and um, we were in the middle of nowhere. And so he, we kept on going like to the next city and there was no like repair shops or anything. It was getting late at night. And so Lima, Montana, I don't know if it's called Lima or Lima. Yeah. 
there's a nice rest area now, that, but there wasn't that before. It was just like this little town and it had a motel and that's like, I think we're just going to have to get a motel because we can't go any farther. And so we go in there and there's one motel and there was no vacancy. So we're like, okay, we can't stay at a motel, which wasn't a good idea anyway, because we were not married, you know, <laughs> like, but it was too cold to sleep in our car. And so there was a, literally like a wooden street sign that had LDS church and it pointed this way. Mm-hmm. And it was like carved, you know, like in the thing. Wow. So I'm like, okay, we can, we can go to the church and sleep in the parking lot or, you know, do something. And so we go to the parking lot and I'm coughing and Pat's like, we cannot sleep in our car. It's going to, it's too cold out there. And I don't think you're going to make it, you know, like, <laughs> and so he goes, well, let's just check the door of the church to see if maybe it's open, you know? And so we go and, and it was, the door was open. So we go inside and we're like, okay, we'll just, you know, sleep on the couch or whatever, but the, there was a phone there and it had the branch president's name and his number and all of the people. So Pat's like, I'm just going to call the branch president and let him know that we're in the church and that, um, you know, is it okay that we sleep here? And so he calls him and the branch president's like, where are you? And he's like, I'm, we're in the church. You know, my, my girlfriend's really sick and my car's not working. And, um, we just need a place to stay. We can't sleep in our car because it's too cold out there. And he's like, how did you get in? And he's like, we opened the door. Like, he's like, the door was unlocked. And he's like, no, it wasn't. He goes, I checked the doors myself. (laughs) And he's like, well, he goes, well, it was, it's unlocked, sir. And, um, he goes, will you go out and recheck it? Like have one of you stay in and, and somebody check it. Sorry. (laughs) So he sends me outside and I go and I try to open the door and it was locked. Mm. So the branch president's like, I really think the Heavenly Father um, opened that door for you. And um, he's like, I'm going to give you directions to my house. So he had us go to his house and Pat um, slept in the barn with his son that was just leaving on a mission the next day. And he had a nice fire and then I was in a camper with four electric blankets and I still was freezing like that's how cold it was (laughs) but he like fed us um, breakfast and you know got us on our way and so we were able to um, like go to the car place and get a little bit fixed up so that we could go the rest of the way to Rexburg so in the middle of all of that my mom you know expected me calling her to tell her that I was home and she didn't get that phone call, so she called my roommates, and they're like, she hasn't made it home, and this is like the middle of the night. And so they always joke, my in-laws are like, the first time that they ever heard my mom's voice, because my mom's from England, like, this cute little English lady calls us in the middle of the night. Where is my daughter, and what has your son done with her? Wow. <laughs> she hasn't made it home, you know, and so... And she said that she just knelt down and prayed that we would be taken care of in the middle of the night. So I really like that was one of our miracles that we got to experience together. And so I like, you know, when you have struggles and hard things, that's something I always look back to, like that something so simple like that. Our Heavenly Father let us know that he knew who we were. Sweet. So sweet. Thank you. I imagine going to the the prison at five, (laughs) you probably learned a thing or two. Yes. Yes. And having your father. So obviously (laughs) your family are longtime members of the church. My mom is a convert. In fact, they were like, 
um, in Plymouth, England. Um, my grandparents were the, like the kind of the pioneers of their branch. They helped build the chapel. They mm-hmm. did all that. So they were like the main people. And so my mom joined the church when she, I think she was like eight or something. Wow. And then she's, she's only been the only one that beside my grandparents that have stayed in the church, her brothers and sisters have not. Wow. Yeah. So, Beautiful. but my dad has been a member his whole life. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So let me ask you this over the years, what has nurtured your testimony the most as an adult? Um, I love conference. <laughs> Good answer. I really, I do. I love like the messages and I always feel like if you're seeking an answer for something, then you can always find it. And the scriptures, um, like you'll read the scriptures over and over again. And then the times that you need it, like things just, that's what I love about the scriptures is that, that what you need, like stands out to you, like light bulb moments, you know? You'll be in class. I I remember like thinking nobody else is you know like I'd be so like into mm-hmm. something and I'm like okay did was that just for me like <laughs> did anybody else get that because yeah. that that's what I needed to hear and that, that's what I love about that because the spirit knows and as long as you're doing what you're supposed to be doing then you have those opportunities and even if you're doing not doing what you're supposed to be doing the spirit takes care of you and the Lord does so um but. I do. I love, I love the scriptures, and I and I love conference. Those are Beautiful. where I feel it the most. Beautiful. All right, this has been a lot of fun, <laughs> really. So when we close a podcast, we usually close with this question: What does it mean to be a follower of Christ? Um, to me, like I've thought about this a lot because, um, I think sometimes that we, as members of the church, especially if we're raised in the church. We kind of take advantage of what we know. But then sometimes, like, we don't really know it, you know? Because I was just talking to a sweet little sister missionary that she had she had come home and she had made a mistake. And she's, like, so devastated about it. And she's like, I don't know, you know, like, I don't. And I said, what have you been teaching people this whole time? I'm like, do you believe what, what you taught people that there is a savior and that he died for you and that there's an atonement. And so I think part of being a follower of Jesus Christ is actually believing what he says. Like it's one thing to read all these things and to say, okay, this is what we believe in. But when it's hard, when you're in the hard, hard times, do you believe that? You know, like during COVID people are like so afraid to die. And I would tell my parents, I'm like, well, if we die, we're supposed to. Like, it says that in the scriptures, Mm -hmm. right? Like, if you're supposed to die, then you'll die. If not, miracles happen, you know? So I'm not worried about it. And they're like, you really think that? I'm like, yes, it tells, we're promised that we won't be taken before our time. You know, like, if it's our time and it's okay, then then we we can go. If not, then things will happen to where, Mm -hmm. you know, and you see that, like, the accidents where people are in and miraculous things happen and then other times when people passed away and I'm like then that was their time you know (laughs) so I think like being followers of Jesus Christ we really need to believe all the things that we've been taught and have the opportunity to be tested and to put those things that we learned into action you know 
Well said. Well said. Thank you. Thank you for your faith. I love your faith, Nicole. So, all right. Hope you enjoy this podcast because it's been really fun. <laughs>